2: Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl here with Jim Cramer at the New York Stock Exchange. David Faber has the morning off. Pre-market is green amid more signs of softening inflation in Europe and in oil markets. We'll get some fresh data today in Jolt's ISM and some Fed minutes this afternoon. Our roadmap begins with tech troubles, though. Salesforce announcing cuts and both Apple and Tesla seeking to claw back those losses from yesterday. Plus, fraud and scams alert. Regulators delivering a joint warning to banks over crypto risks. And GE completes the spinoff of its healthcare unit set to start trading today. We'll begin though with Salesforce's plans to cut about 10% of its workforce as part of a restructuring. In a letter to employees, Mark Benioff explained quote, The environment remains challenging, and our customers are taking a more measured approach to their purchasing decisions. I've been thinking a lot about how we came to this moment as our revenue accelerated through the pandemic. We hired too many people leading into this economic downturn we're now facing, and I take responsibility. For that, Jim, uh, total employee base seventy nine thousand. You could be talking about eight thousand employees.
3: Yes, and uh, also the Salesforce Tower. I mean, the work the work from home is, has uh really left it so that they have way too much real estate. But just back up for a second. This is the first of many, I think, and it's interesting that Mark's doing it. But remember, he does have a starboard in there, and they've been pushing for cost cuts. Uh, sometimes people say they've been looking for up to twenty percent. This is ten percent. Mark's the first person, I think, that really says, look, we overheard. And uh, it's interesting that he's the first person, because he's the one, as he says, you know, it's family. Uh, and, and it is very hard for him to cut the ohana. I do think that it got bloated. Uh, they still have good growth, but people felt their gross margins weren't that good. This should flow right to the bottom line. It's brutal. I know, Mark, uh, it's harder for him than most. Because people are one, one, one in terms of how much money they give away, and it's uh, it's remarkable that he's the first. The other guys need to do it, uh, and if they don't do it, they're going to see uh, stocks going lower. We obviously, if you take a look at Meta, they did it last year, and it's there's a remarkable move. So I think people are waiting for Silicon Valley to own up.
2: Yeah, when you say the other guys need to do it, I mean, are we talking about, we're gonna talk about this downgrade of Microsoft today. Um, We've been waiting on Google, and we'll talk about Amazon uh, raising a little bit of debt.
3: Think about what happened at Google. They were doing hiring right up to the moment that things slowed. Uh, Now, it takes a long time to be hired by Google. It takes many, there's a big filter. They have to figure out how to lay people off, Amazon. When will, will Andy Jassy bite the bullet? They, I mean, if you want to think about a company that overbuilt during the pandemic, I'd say that Amazon is the number one company that overbuilt. Where is where are the cuts? They have to happen. Apple, uh, they have their own set of problems that have to do more with uh, supply, I think, than demand. Where is the the uh, admission that the quarter was not what they wanted? even though I think that the demand side, which is what I care about the most, is fine. The demand side is fine for Salesforce, by the way. Right.
2: Although, uh, WebBush's take this morning is that they're girding for a bit of a market share battle, at least with Microsoft in cloud, right? Well,
3: that, I mean, hello, that's been going on for ages. I mean, Mark used to be, uh, let's say, allied. There was this you know, there was this alignment, and then it broke it up into an axis and allied, where Adobe went with Microsoft and uh, Amazon went with Mark. Uh, I spent a lot of time with Mark, Mark Benioff, the CEO. And I know that Mark was reluctant to make these changes if only just because he liked the way things were. I mean, it was a gut punch. I had him on the day that, that Brett that Brett left, Brett Taylor, the, the excellent co-CEO. Yep. And it was just one of these moments where I think that Mark, Mark just said, all right, you know, complete reset. Uh, I think that that Brett was in many ways the guy who handled a lot of this. Uh, Mark's Mark is uh, I don't want to pin it on Brett, but Brett was away doing a lot of Twitter stuff, mm-hmm. and I think that Mark wanted to have a lot of uh, kinship with with Brett. They they really I thought were working very well together. Look, the bottom line is is that this was needed. It was pushed by Star by uh, Starboard, uh, who has a big position. I know that Starboard would have liked double that because that's how bloated they think that Salesforce is. Right, got.
2: well, certainly a harbinger of what we may see in January across tech. And by the way, uh, Jim points out that Mark Benioff was with them not too long ago, and you guys specifically talked about the stock price. Here's what Benioff said.
1: The third thing we saw in the third quarter was a more measured environment. And we realized that CEOs are kind of buckling down. They kind of saw there's a storm ahead. They're not sure. The stocks are down. You know, we're not the only stock down. The market is down.
2: Which raises the question, is this something you buy on?
3: Well, my capital trust owns it. We bought some right here boy, before this. And I think that the key thing that people have to recognize is Salesforce was crushed by the strong dollar. When you talk to Mark, he's always saying, listen, we had an okay quarter. The dollar had an amazing quarter. Uh, He's always, uh, he keeps his sense of humor other than when he was crushed by when Brett laughed. Mm. I don't think he expected that. But. Yes, I think the stock's been cut just so dramatically. But this is the beginning. And this is what I've been waiting for. This is what Jay Powell's been waiting for. We have to have more people who are jobless. And what a terrible thing to root for an economy to go to 4% unemployment. But what Jay Powell wants are these people from Salesforce to be looking for a job and not being able to get a job that's as highly paid. That's how you bring down the wage structure. But it only works if there's you know, 20 yep. companies that do this. Yep. 30 companies, 50
2: companies right. that do this. We're, we'll get jolts at 10, and we'll find out how that's shaping yes. up. We'll get the Fed minutes, as we mentioned. The question is whether the data the Fed watches is going to be ratifying some of the micro snapshots we're getting out of companies like Sierra. Well,
3: not not this not this not Too soon. This number... Look, look, I think everyone has to be braced for the fact that the, if, if we have an increase in wages, the market's bad. The Fed, has, they, look, they've won on natural gas. They've won on gasoline. They've won on wheat. They've won on aluminum. They've won on lumber. They've won on housing. You know what? They haven't won on wages. And if you go and speak with, I, I was with a group of a company this weekend. That's one of the largest hires of engineers, and the, the company's just—I'm and I'm not going to mention the name of, but, name of the company—but engineers are hard to come by. And well, if there's layoffs, they're not. Right. And, and we saw so many downgrades today. Oh my god. And so many of them were really about—I think—no leverage, too many, uh, too many people, not enough sales. So this is a watershed day, because Salesforce is probably the last company that people felt was going to do this, but they did of starboard. Now many. And, and would it shock me if Amazon laid off 50, if um, if if Google laid off 25? Not at all. 25%?
2: 25,000. Or 25,000. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: Well, you hired 12,000 people when you realized. Yeah. I mean, I, I, those of us who have, uh, who are in the process or have kids who are in the process of of getting a job at these places know that you were starting in March to be able to get the job in July. Yep. But July was like, when you had to fire people. So they, yeah you know, they couldn't just... Could they have stopped right in the middle? Well, Coinbase did it, and all we ever heard of was that panic. Crypto's a whole other world.
2: Well, the, the last question on this is whether or not this is a one and done, or whether, like some, they have to revisit this and have a second round later.
3: I think that's a great call, because I know that, that Starboard thinks that they should. Uh, I do think that if if sales are weaker, you're going to see another round. I mean, yeah. Salesforce does have fantastic growth. but. Salesforce is, remember what Salesforce does. They increase the ability to market, but marketing's being cut back. So how do you increase your margins the way you have to lay off people? But if people are gonna continue to cut back on marketing, it's bad for all, we discovered that Amazon was an advertising company, that Alphabet was an advertising company, that that Salesforce was just a marketing company. Now I think all these are much more than that, but that is way, that's the way people look at these things. Except for Apple. Apple's not bad. Apple's an app company. Yep. And people say the apps are bad. The low knives are out for megatech. And they will be out for megatech until they're not mega.
2: <laughs> well, speaking of all of that, Apple and Tesla uh, rising one day after that rough start to the new year. Apple closed yesterday with a valuation below $2 trillion for the first time since March 2021. Tesla coming off the worst one-day decline in more than two years after missing that delivery target for 2022, Jim. Uh, today, Webbush cuts Apple to 175, appears to be cutting orders on Macs, iPads, AirPods over the coming quarters.
3: We need this. Once again, we had research that was in Alice in Wonderland, hoping, hoping, hoping. Now we come in in a 2023, and the readjustment is occurring. Now, should it have occurred earlier? Uh, we sure would have liked it going in so that we knew. I mean, remember, Apple's at 180, so now you get to call 120. Now, where's it going? Now, I say Apple, own, don't sell. And the reason I say it is that maybe Apple goes to 105. But then it starts climbing again. It was at 180. Are you gonna get back in? Who is bright enough to get back in?
2: Who starts climbing because it becomes clear that that demand simply got shifted, not destroyed?
3: Shifted demand and the recognition that a lot of Apple's app store was gaming in China. And China is coming back faster than we thought because I remember when we first heard of COVID, they were, a lot of people were hoping for herd immunity. Well, I mean, that's not H-E-A-R-D. And they're getting herd immunity exactly as you're not supposed to get it, which is that older people can't survive, younger people come through. Uh, Lord of the Flies uh, herd immunity. But what will happen is, is that that particular slice of business will increase. All these people say that there's no demand for Apple. They don't know. I mean, demand for Apple comes from T-Mobile and Verizon and ATT, and they don't have those numbers. Mm. One of the things that always upsets me is like, you know, how do people know? How do people know? I mean, okay, so, I'm friends with Adam Schefter at ESPN. Uh, let's say the line is 14 for the EU Giving Giants what? I mean, I, I hung around the Eagles locker room. I was with them in practice. I know who's playing. It's going to be Minshew. It's not her. No, all lies. <laughs> all lies. These people don't know any more than people who, may, who were taken on given 14 of the Giants. Yeah. I always like these analogies because they show you the fatuous nature of what people are saying about these companies. There's a, there's
2: a lot of bias in there. Um, how about Tesla? Kathy Wood's buying a little bit. 176,000 shares yesterday.
3: Well, um, she... Let's put it this way: she she's been cla- she can cause momentary bottoms, and uh, but they're momentary. When I mean, we discover what she's doing, she doesn't have the firepower that she did at one time, uh, and she's not after the stocks that I think fit the pattern of companies to make things and do stuff, at, uh, and and stocks are valued at a reasonable level and have profit. That's around. interesting
2: because she did sell a little deer and a little cat.
3: Yeah, those are mistakes. I mean,
2: there's just mistakes.
3: What. What I'm concerned about is Microsoft, because the downgrade Microsoft says, uh, this is uh, UBS, that Azure is slowing. One of the major themes of 2023 will be web services slowing. Now, who is that effect? That's Google, because they're really trying to take share. Uh, Obviously, Microsoft with Azure and Amazon Web Services, and the long knives are out for web services. I remember Mark Mark is in the cloud, everybody's in the cloud. Now, we we had this great Oracle quarter, and they've got cloud, uh, but no one thought thought that they had cloud, so they they were were away from this. But is the cloud slowing? If you ask Frank Slootman from Snowflake, he'll tell you you can rent the cloud, why own the cloud? Uh, So it's like, well, let's rent an apartment, not own an apartment, because the apartment might lose value. I think it's true, but not on the scale that people are worried about. I do say, Carlos, hasn't that been what's going on for months? Right. Like, we discover, holy cow, Microsoft Cloud not doing the Well, you discovered that 100 points.
2: 100 exactly points. right. I mean, when was McDermott and long lead cycle? September, oh, October? my God, yeah.
3: And then, you know, I told them, I said, well, why isn't the stock going up? I mean, we're like rule 60 and doing much better. And I said, look, this is what's happening. These stocks are coming down and they won't bottom until the analysts say, you know what? Things aren't so good. I mean, you know when service now is the buy? When people say it's the sell. <laughs>
2: Well, certainly, the UBS downgrade uh, is making some noise this morning. We'll get to more of the downgrades that Jim mentions, and there are several. Also this morning, regulators issuing a warning to banks about risks in crypto. Take a look at the futures here as we uh, accelerate the news flow this morning regarding uh, data, some of the micro news, and, of course, the sell-side research. Future's still green, though. More Squawk
0: on the Street is straight ahead. What's on the horizon for financial markets? Crypto's in
2: focus again. Yesterday in federal court, FTX founder Sam Bankman freed pleading not guilty to criminal charges in connection with the collapse of his crypto exchange. That trial set for October. Meantime, regulators warning financial institutions that crypto exposes banks to, quote, fraud and scams. That's coming in a joint statement from the Fed, the FDIC, the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency. Jim, how much in here is, is new?
3: Well, I, I think that there have been a lot of people who thought that the banks would adopt it? Fidelity adopted it. I think these statements are the beginning of what uh, I've been calling for, which is that I think the SEC is going to do a roundup of the ones who are not compliant. Uh, they said that in the, uh, they made this broad statement saying, listen, if you don't comp, if you do not go along with the rules, we're going to come after you. Uh, I follow John Stark very well. He's an 18 year enforcement uh, SEC consultant now. He's calling for a sweep says that the SEC is going to sweep everybody, which is why I'm telling everyone, get out of these. Now, there was a, uh, Michael Semblis in his excellent review, Eye on the Market, was talking about, some people were saying that JP Morgan had actually uh, had a dalliance with this. I can tell you personally, when I was frantically trying to get my Ethereum out of an exchange that has collapsed, <laughs> I went to like this, the highest level, I said, please, please. and said, no, we're not touching this. And I think that that's been the way that uh, it's not a shock because the banks have been the leaders. They're anti. This is not even fintech. I think a lot of people feel like uh, John Stark, that it's just a giant scam.
2: Do you think Ponzi bankman Freed sp- will be material to that roundup between very much now so. and October?
3: Very much so. I think everybody's in on it. And I, I know that's a very harsh charge. But if it's a Ponzi scheme and it's falling apart, I'm sure there's some honest people. We all know honest people are in crypto. But... Um, I'm not calling for crypto collapse. I'm calling for collapse of the people in on the Ponzi scheme that John Stark talks about. And he's laid it out. You just got to read it. Follow him on Twitter. You'll read everything, which tells you, look out. And like, here people are bidding this up. And get it out of where you have it. But try to find a place that you can trust.
2: Why do you think it's been so resilient here in the high 16s?
3: Well, I'll tell you what Stark says. Because it's phony and a scam being propped up by people who need it propped up. And that's all there is. Very harsh.
2: Also raises the question of, you know, we've for so long talked about, oh, institutional adoption of at least the technology, the back end, the bones. Where does that go from Well, here?
3: I mean, if blockchain were really so, the kind of blockchain people were talking about is so good, then why isn't everybody using it already? They're not. Um, it, it's all smoke and mirrors. Now, I get a lot of uh, hate for saying that. So I know I'm right. Because that's what John
2: Starks says. But, but those those, those theoretical examples of housing contracts and, and financial settlement, T-Zero, is was a, was a pipe dream? Or? It'd
3: be faster. You know, but And J.P. Morgan, they've written that. They've written that it would be faster. And in some places, it's been adopted. But the people who are in crypto often come to you and say, do you not understand? You know, my mom, whom I love dearly, who passed almost 40 years ago, always said, Jimmy, Harvard, Harvard Law School, if you don't get it, it's wrong. Now, she was, of course, in love with me because she was my mom. But I will say that when these people tell me, you don't understand it, they're clowns. They're <laughs> Krusty the Clown. I was old enough crusty to be Krusty the Clown.
2: Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. I mean, Bozo. Bozo the Clown. Bozo, yes. That's, that's a throwback. Uh, we'll get Kramer's mad dash. We'll count down to the opening bell this morning. Take a look at futures here as we're trying to be resilient after that reversal yesterday. More Squawk on the Street continues in a moment. Today's show anchors Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb are here at the Big Board this morning. They're celebrating their fifth anniversary anchoring the iconic NBC News program together. They're going to ring the opening bell in a few moments, and we are so proud of those two. Nobody oh, does it oh better, my, Jim.
3: They're so great. Hoda was my daughter's commencement speaker, at Tulane. No dry eyes. Told <laughs> a lot of stories that are truth. That's what these people yep. I, I These two people are so admirable so terrific, it's great to see them.
2: We're surrounded there by uh, some NBC personnel, Tom Mazzarelli, Jennifer Long, uh, Sarah Pines, a lot of the people that make that program uh, tick, and it takes a lot. It's a big production every well, day.
3: To be a fixture, it takes a village. Yes, indeed. I We're back in a
2: <laughs> We're back in a moment, don't go away. Time for Kramer's Mad Dash as we count down to the opening bell. <laughs> to Jim.
3: Micron, you'll see it off. One of the reasons it's up is, is that uh, Bloomberg has an excellent story about China hitting the pause button on giant chip spending. Now, there is a great uh, war going on between us and China about trying to get the equipment you need to just to do this. And we don't want them to have it. And blocking ASMLF, for instance, a Dutch company. So they really don't have much choice to do it. People are reacting by buying Micron. Now, I think that's wrong. Micron's problem is Samsung. Samsung is the one that's causing the glut. My, Samsung's selling below okay, what it should. Bell. Oh my God. Is this
0: the Mad Dash? Wait, we heard <laughs> it was Kramer's that? Mad Dash. You know that like the opening bell is like, we gotta go. We got three oh, minutes. The Mad Dash, we,
3: go. the semiconductor, you're, you're the semiconductor. Oh, there. that, about. we thought Bye. the Mad Dash
2: was us. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye, love see you. We're going to come back. <laughs> we can't, we have to go. We got to go. Now that's called storming the stage. Well,
3: I, then. That was a mad dash stand, all mad dashes.
2: <laughs> They've got, like, two minutes to get upstairs and do this bell. They're amazing. Uh, uh, love those, too. I mean, literally, what they do on the fly is incredible. But, but we do a fair amount. No, but, but
3: people don't know how hard it is to do on the fly when you've got news that changes every minute. Uh, but their intelligence is, a, is equal to their kindness of about
2: uh, we, love, we love those guys, and congratulations again to Hoda and Savannah. We'll see them in a couple of seconds here. Your point, though, about production in chips, Jim, and well, this sort of collective action problem it, we have. This
3: is the beginning of the realization that we're not giving them the technology that they need. Now, the it, people don't understand the intellectual property to make semis lies with Applied Materials, with KLA, with Lam Research, with ASM. Not with China. Now, Micron has had its all of its go rounds with China. They have, they have been cheated and stolen from this big lawsuit. But I, I, I want so much to say, yes, now you can buy Micron. But the glut is not caused by China. It's caused by Korea. So don't get that excited. Now, you should recognize that this, if, if Lam is hurt by this in Calais, you must recognize that this should, this was factored in months ago. So the story is a good story, but it is late when it comes to uh, selling an AMAT or selling a KLA yeah. or the best one, which is Lambda.
2: You mentioned, uh, you mentioned the downgrade earlier. Microsoft and Azure, and part of their argument over at UBS is, is that seat count is going to come down as we see headcount come down, and that's going to have an effect on things like PCs. Yeah, right? the
3: seat is yes, you charge by the seat, but I would also say, look at a Salesforce now. Their Amazon Web Services bill—that it's big, but they uh, have fewer people, fewer mouths. So I think that uh, that Salesforce should be up more, much more than it is, much more. And it is a club name. We have been buying it, so you could say, hey, we're talking our own book, but talking our own charity Fine. Hey, speaking of charity, these two people use their—they use their fame for charity constantly. Yes. They are
2: an inspiration to America, indeed. Is the opening bell and Savannah Guthrie, Hoda Kotb, and the uh, crew of The Today Show, Noah Oppenheim, head of NBC News, celebrating so, their fifth anniversary with together.
3: Dan, Dan. My- you he was you know it's one of those guys where you, just say, you can't just stay here as an assistant but whoever thought that pinnacle and <laughs> the whole time incredibly nice and humble
2: uh, very happy for those guys at the nasdaq today it's ge healthcare and they began trading oh. today the ceo peter Arduini's is going to join us in about half an hour jim a long-standing story we've been talking about well
3: this is one of those stories to talk about mid-single-digit growth. Uh, by the way, Dan her, I think, is better. That's where Larry Cole was, has higher, higher multiple. They got high organic. This, this is this is uh, organic growth. Now, here's what you need to know about these guys. They are your MRI. They have been more supply constrained than almost any. They have so many more orders than they have. Uh, machines. So it is an interesting thing, and there's a great char- chart that you can ask about, page five, just page six, about what can get, get what can happen. Uh, is it my favorite coming out? I do think America loves spins. Uh, I have always been marveling with GE's Larry Colt to see why didn't people like to, see Why didn't people like to spin more? Well, because it has to happen. They're not understand. It's theoretical construct. So I think it's good. Again, I don't want to get too excited about the semis on this thing. People are very excited. I don't want to get too excited about the uh, enterprise software companies off of Salesforce. You have to do something like Salesforce. And I know people are going to predict and say Workday has too many people. I don't know. They don't
2: have Starboard in there fighting them. Yeah, that's interesting. Salesforce, one of the big S&P gainers, and Microsoft, the biggest laggard today.
3: Well, I mean, no one wants to hear that the principal reason why you may own Microsoft is Azure and Azure is slowing. Uh, there had been a sense that you could hide in Microsoft 25 times earnings. One of the things that's happened is the great comeuppance of the, of the price earnings multiples. Like I, I did a piece, my cut, co- you know, my nephew, Cliff Mason helps you write. I took out a lot of myself the last time, I don't blame him, right? by saying there are stocks that are married and stocks that are divorced. And uh, the divorced of uh, are the ones that People got so excited about Tesla, and now we find out, wow, maybe it's too high. Now people are saying, you know what? Maybe we're paying too much for Microsoft 25. It's got to go down to a market multiple. This is the the, the whole process, the remultiplication. It's already happened to Alphabet, and it overly happened to Meta. Although I will say, Meta did have has five quarters of negative free cash flow, yeah. which is really bad.
2: Uh, made today a top pick for 23 by Steifel. On, on the notion that uh, a lot of that, the Apple headwinds, uh, the advertising market maybe returns to growth in Q4, they say might be realistic?
3: Well, I, I think so, but you need to, uh, obviously the first thing that companies cut back on if a there's going to be recession is advertising. They shouldn't, I mean, the really great companies put more money in so that they end up taking share. Uh, that's not happened. Uh, I do think that the tone in the NASDAQ today When you look at Alphabet and Amazon, that's just a that's reversing what happened yesterday. Microsoft is a big company; has been the bellwether of the group. You know, Carl, it's the rebellion against the against the trillionaires. I think a lot of companies got to levels where people are just saying, "I'm uncomfortable with the market cap size." We've been emphasizing correctly on the network. The two trillion dollar Apple, you know, finally losing it. Remember when they passed these levels? And they pass these levels in it because of exuberance. And the exuberance is coming out of these stocks quickly, uh, just like the air out of a balloon. I would caution people that the, they're still growth companies. Meta is not a growth company. You know, my Chapel trust kept a position in Meta because mm-hmm. we felt that Mark Zuckerberg would finally say, Uncle, I can't take it. I think it's happening. But he's being aided by TikTok which uh, the governments all over the world have been rebelling it. I wonder if he'll pivot from spending so much time on the metaverse where you have to wear the goggles to helping uh, Reels, which as a former restaurateur, I would tell you Reels product is fabulous, but everybody's on TikTok.
2: Uh, A couple of big things on consumer today. One is a downgraded target over at Wells. Uh, talking about an uncertain consumer, they go to 142, but an upgrade of Etsy over at uh, Needham, where they How say pandemic demand is essentially lapped.
3: I have felt that that Josh Silverman and I am uh, in close contact with Etsy because they're down the block from me in Brooklyn. I've felt that Etsy, more than anybody, any other companies other than Airbnb, came of uh, the new, new ones has come through. And I'm not saying you know, I'm saying DoorDash has problem, but Etsy has come through sticky. People like to shop at Etsy. They discovered Etsy. Many people discovered Etsy during the pandemic. They stayed, and they're doing more. Meantime, Etsy spit the bullet on what's not working. I like this call very much. Target, brick and mortar, Brian Cornell, a lot of people feel that he's become the goat of the game, you know, not goat greatest of all time, but the actual goat. It's a 27 times next year's earnings. I would prefer TJ, mm-hmm. TJX, because they buy the... Stuff that Target doesn't want, and there's always a. I remember my dad sold gift wrap, uh, and he always would come home in January and kind of sit around, sometimes in his boxers doing nothing, drinking the cheap scotch. No, yeah, I don't know. I like wild turkey, and it was like nothing happens. January is like the month where nobody gives anything. Think about it. I mean, I remember saying to me. Jimmy, if there was only somebody holiday in January, if only Hallmark would come up with something. Yeah, we need one. Well, we need one. And we, we have of the King. that's a day of service. Yes. And I just remember that you don't buy retail during January. He's, we used to go to the these big malls, Franklin Mills, in January on weekends. So he would show me that no one would go into any store. <laughs> so, well, yeah, it's tough to do brick and mortar. It's not tough to do uh, Etsy. Uh,
2: occasionally, you might go buy a coat and Burl today does get an upgrade, Jim, over at Loop. Well, uh, that's I, almost an eight-month high. Well, I go to—I
3: have a Burlington Brooklyn. And when you look at the prices, the, the prices for things are what, well below what things, a lot of stores can ever get anything. I think it's incredibly well run. Uh, I think it's a winner. I like TJX more. But Raw Stores has been a winner, too. And this is all trade down. Now, universally, we saw a downgrade in Kimberley. All the analysts are anticipating trade down and recession. I will come back and say, other than a power, where there is a tremendous glut, and they were frantically trying to get rid of everything, right. as is the case with, with Target when I went to see a, one with, with Brian Cornell, uh, there hasn't been much trade down. Maybe it'll start happening, but there hasn't been much
2: That's trade a good down. point. Um, by the way, uh, Kimberly gets cut, as Jim says, over at Jeffries. They take Sam to underperform, as well, we know Sam, what's happened. with
3: Sam has been... Uh, look, they, got, they, had, they were faddish, F-A-D-D-I-S-H. And I think that people have to recognize everyone's come into that market. I mean, I got some uh, Topo Chico that has it, and Ranch Water has it. I mean, it's late in that game. So yeah. I think Sam is pretty much, uh, it's still not done going down, uh, but I think it's a, a falling knife. I'll tell you what I think can stop. Oil. I had an excellent commodity analyst who, when 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 oil was at 120 and a lot of big firms were calling for 150, uh, she gave this Carly Gardner. She said, "Listen, you got to get out of oil. It's the most crowded trade. Now at 70, they're all short oil. There's the least amount of oil that there's been in years. We have to make a bet. I'm making a bet with the Chattel trust that oil bottoms between 67 and 70, and you got to start buying
2: right here. Uh, uh, okay, on West Texas. The other you mentioned that gas." 50% off the summer that, highs. Natural
3: gas is also something that I think that you can uh, buy. We, like Coterra, highly, highly levered in that gas because that's a combination of Cabot and Simrex. Incredibly out of favor. Probably not as, as favorite I can ever see. We get five cold days, you're going to say, well, why don't we buy natural gas? And, and natural gas stocks, Cabot is the highest. Yeah. APA is very, very I mean, big.
2: I was watching XOP earlier this morning, the uh, Spider uh, S&P oil and in- um, that's... Wow, Jimmy, it takes you back to October.
3: Well, come on. I mean, look. I think that if China's coming back, what are we thinking here? Now, someone told me the other day. Listen, China's coming back means two million gallons of oil, uh, not barrels being used. But I would say that uh, the oil could be in short supply, but doesn't take much. And also, they're not drilling that much in the Permian, other than the private equity people. So I just, I like this level. My one of my best commodity person hated it at 120 and likes it in the high 60s what am i doing i'm going to say there's a lot of the analysts they loved it at 120 i mean i find that what we're doing we've got to recognize that the analysts got things wrong they're trying to readjust now and that includes oil it doesn't surprise me that oil is down right now but remember it, even in a, these are reflecting recessionary prices i don't think we're going to see uh we're not going to see two dollars at the pump
2: no, that'd be hard. that be a hard target to hit. Yeah. Um, there's been some reflection today on what it means for Russia, uh, and hit, hit, hit the cardinal sin that apparently he's committed, and that is becoming an unreliable seller of energy to for countries like Germany, which is now accepting huge loads of LNG from us.
3: Yeah. Look, uh, we're going to have a new. Uh, there's a uh, Freeport is about to come back online. That's another two. Uh, to BCF, uh, these are, are giants amount that we're sending. Uh, one of the things that happened to the oil industry that nobody thought was that Biden had been, President Biden had been very opposed to all these guys. And then he goes over to Europe and says, We will be your source. And that green lighted. So everyone's frantically trying to build pipe because there's way too much. Uh, Not gas and not enough uh, pipe capacity. So we have a lot of BCF to ship. We can easily do it 15. We go. We can do. Uh, And that is going to solve Europe's problems if they buy enough. If they have enough room to take the trains. I think what's remarkable today is how is the decline in Microsoft. The air is going out of the Microsoft balloon, and yet Microsoft is a fine company. There's a level where that stock will bottom. Not today, because once you see a stock down nine. It tends to mean that there's going to be sellers for a couple of days, but that's one to watch because yes, as you're slowing, but everything's slowing. and that's why the stocks were going down last year. I mean, what was 2022 about? It was people getting out ahead of the slowing. So now the analysts are telling you, you know what? There's a slowdown. Well, what Microsoft was at 320. So they just they loved it at 320.
2: So I I know you were, you expressed some skepticism about chips, but. Do chips bottom before software well, does? The,
3: the problem with chips is that, is that the glut is related to PCs, and uh, there's no pickup in the PC business. Uh, and it's related to Samsung, which is right. selling below cost, and I don't think that's right. Uh, NVIDIA's got a terrific uh, CES speech coming up, but C- but NVIDIA's 44 times earnings. We own it, uh, uh, and I express to club members that I'm very concerned Versus AMD, which is down a great deal already. Look, you can't own all of these. You have small positions. Some of them are going to bounce back faster. AMD, the glut, again, is PCs. Uh, we're going to start hearing data center glut if, if Azure is really struggling. I don't think, I think uh, going from 22% to 18% is not struggling.
2: No. Um, a few downgrades in industrials. Uh, I know JBH Hunt. Got cut over at UBS. Uh, Honeywell double downgraded. I thought that was U- really UBS.
3: We own Honeywell, and, and it'll give me a break. It's been a fantastic stock. But there's no reason why it shouldn't be a fantastic stock. It's aerospace, but it's also oil and gas. Uh, it's also climate controls. I mean, these are these are fantastic. They're it's, talking
2: about warehouse uh, supply. Oh, um, so they got one
3: thing. Yeah. You know, it, 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 Intelligrated. Yes, it's been. Uh, it's not done well. They don't have the Amazon business. A, a zebra. Go sell Honeywell. I mean, uh, you know, go sell it. I just feel I would encourage people to sell it because I want them <laughs> out. You know, I don't want any weak hands. Another one I want any weak hands is Emerson. I mean, th- th- this is Carson Bay. I mean, this man is reinventing the company. These two companies have more optionality than any any companies out there. The two that were downgraded, yep. Emerson, Honeywell. You don't downgrade companies with optionality. You don't downgrade winners These are up, and you don't downgrade stocks that are already down a great deal. So, I I, I find that the analysts right now are really active and meant to some degree not helpful.
2: Speaking of which, um, one name that's been at near recent highs with an upgrade today is Merck. Uh, B of A goes to buy 130, Uh, Mm -hmm. talking about Keytruda, still a bear risk, but they're trying to uh, diversify away.
3: Where were they? I mean Merck has had this incredible run from 80, and now we discover that Merck's good. I thought that was look, a nice person, dude. I'm trying 2023. I said I'm not gonna call people Mount Banks. I'm gonna Oh, the- that's your resolution. I'm, I'm done with the chowderheads. Done with chowder head is gone. No jokers? No, nope, I'm not gonna do that Mo Larry curly thing. Uh, not even Shemp. That's not a Shemp call. But I think that there's to some degree that if I now discover that Merck's good, um, I remember once when, when I think it was Curly asked Mo, "Is that the sun?" And Mo said, "I don't know. I'm new in this town." <laughs> Is that Merck cheap? I don't know. I'm new in this town. When you start quoting the greats, <laughs> the greats. Mo, Larry, and Curly, yeah, you know yeah, you're yeah, you know yeah. you're you're right up there with with, with Buffett.
2: Uh, that's good. Uh, well, that's Merck's one of the winners today, obviously. Dow's up 105. Let's get to Bob Pisani. Hey, Bob.
1: Uh, happy Wednesday. And the important thing is uh, we've got a modest rally going on here, and tech is rebounding with a couple of exceptions. But I want to just show you Europe because we've had some great moves over in Asia, particularly China. Uh, The Hang Seng is uh, now up uh, nicely on the week. Europe's been rallying. We're up about 4% for the week. The French CPI numbers were lighter than expected. Germany was yesterday. Spain was the the, the prior week. So uh, inflation expectations coming down a little bit over in Europe that's a very good sign they've got a nice rally going here here in the United States kind of a mixed bag remember energy the big leader last year energy has been the laggard uh, so far this year so uh, energy is to the downside uh, real estate materials financials marginally to the upside as you see the important thing is tech stocks for the most part have stabilized take a look at the S&P 500 uh, Apple's on the upside. Of course, uh, Salesforce on that announcement from Benioff uh, is moving to the upside. Microsoft looks down to me. That's a bit of an outlier uh, right now. Uh, There's the S&P 500, 3840 right now. And uh, remember something, the Santa Claus rally uh, is the final day for that. We'll take a quick look at that here. Remember, the Santa Claus rally is the last five days of the year, the first two days of the new year. So this is the last day of the Santa Claus rally. On average, it's up 80 percent of the time in these seven days, an average of 1.3%. So for this to work, it has to be over 38.22. And as you saw there, 38.41 right now. So far, the Santa Claus rally is in effect. We'll see if that happens at the close. The big debate amongst everybody down here was October the bottom or not. So remember what happened. We're well off of that bottom here. But on October 12th, we bottomed at 35.77. 2023 earnings were very optimistic at that time. They were expecting earnings to be up about 7%. The P.E. ratio was 15. That's a below the average. It's about 17, but still very, very rich if that is indeed a bottom. Most of the time when you have market bottoms, the market tends to bottom at 10, 11, 12 times. So there would be a pretty expensive bottom if that actually happened. So where are we today? Well, the S&P is, you know, 7 or 8 percent higher. It's at 38.24 is where we opened uh, today. The 2023 earnings uh, are down a little bit, uh, not quite 7 uh, percent like last time, but still up rather notably 4%. So prices are 7-8% higher, earnings only 2 or 3% lower. That means the PE ratio is a lot higher at 16.7%. I think the problem with this whole issue is somebody is wrong in terms of their opinion. Right now the market seems to be very clearly positioned for a very shallow recession. What does that mean? Well, just look at what you've got here. Earnings are flat to up slightly. And the multiple is about average at 17 times forward. That's not a a, a very serious recession. At best, that's a very shallow recession. So if indeed we get a shallow recession, then the market is not crazy overpriced. But if we get anything more severe than that, stocks are very richly priced, and we can go down easily, it depends on who you ask, another 10% or so. And this is where you get to that debate about whether or not we're at the October bottom. Where are you on the side of the recession? Mild? or more severe. That's
2: the terms of the debate right now. Carl, back to you. All right, Bob. Thanks so much, Bob Pisani. A quick reminder this morning, you can always get in on the CNBC Investing Club with Kramer. Sign up and find out more at cnbc.com jointheclub join the club or you can always use that QR code on your screen. It takes you right there. As we go to break, let's watch bonds today. As we said, got some data coming up in just about 12 minutes. uh, Manufacturing ISM and JOLTS and the Fed minutes uh, later on this afternoon for the time being 10-year, just south of 3-7. Don't go away. Watching China names this morning, Alibaba up uh, 6% plus on this wire story that Ant Financial has gotten approval for a $1.5 billion capital plan. Jim, not sure how much of this interests you.
3: Well, it does because the government has decided, let's let stocks go higher. Let's start helping real estate. I think it's significant. I'm not a believer in these stocks. I am trying to get the PRC government to be in more, um, less warrior more peace talk, and these are gestures. Yeah. Every, every bit of this is a gesture.
2: Interesting. We're watching those uh, on this day where you do have the Dow the higher by about 65 points. We'll get stopped trading with Jim after a short break. Hey, it's time for
3: Jim to stop trading. Yeah, you know, we talked a lot about high multiple stocks like Microsoft at 25 times earnings, easy to knock down a downgrade. How about Nuqor? This sells at four times earnings, and one of the reasons is because it's got um, uh, 28 in earnings power, and the analysts think it's going to go down to 13. So, uh, so they're going after the cheaper ones and buying. now. For Newcore to go up, you have to, you can't have a recession. I think what Newcore has is infrastructure. Every bit of this infrastructure that we passed in Washington is going to end up on Newcore's lap, but it's going to take a year. Uh, I, we were uh, thinking about putting it back in the bullpen. Made a lot of money. Still am. I, I like the story. I think it's a very attractive piece of business. Yeah.
2: We, you keep coming back to that notion of industrial policy-led infrastructure. Uh, People
3: are misunderstanding how much money is going to come into the system. Now, we are going to be taxed to find enough engineers, uh, and it won't come into the fourth quarter, uh, because they haven't even selected the general contractors. That's first, and then the individual engineers, and then finally the orders. But if you're 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 getting ready right now. You have to, because you have to build inventory.
2: Yeah, some of these names like Cat United Rentals look awfully... (laughs) They, they echo. Jim, what's tonight?
3: Okay. So we've been um, going through what's the best of the Dow, what's, what's in the bottom of the Dow that should buy. Tonight is S&P. And uh, it's a very shocking list that I'm going to suggest to buy. All right. I, I, shocking. Because I worked on it all weekend. I, my wife just said, you just go. Do it every one. So I sure did. I worked on this.
2: That's a tease. We'll see you tonight at 6. Look forward to it, Jim. Uh, Mad Money, of course, with Jim Cramer, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. As we said, uh, coming up, the CEO of GE Healthcare is going to be with us. The GE spinoff now open for trading over at the NASDAQ. As we got some opening gains hanging on to 3842. Don't go away. You've been listening to The Opening Bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street.
0: With the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need.